Board check here from Kale McCarr. It's all the way at the other end of the ice. Four seconds, three seconds, two seconds, one second. It's over. They did it. They did it. The job is done. The Colorado Avalanche are Stanley Cup champions. Now a shorthanded chance. Yenmark down the middle. Scores! Matias Yenmark, shorthanded goal. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Puck comes down high. Watt gets the puck off to the races. Into the zone. The righty. Right circle. Backhander. He scores! What a move! Nicholas Watt gets the Knights back in the lead. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team. Exclusive player interviews and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... And wouldn't you know it, I was right. That's how we're starting this one. That's the direction that we're going. Though we never bet anything, Darren Millard had the Tampa Bay Lightning. I had the Colorado Avalanche overcoming the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. I had the Colorado Avalanche slaying the dragon that is the Tampa Bay Lightning and slay them. They did. The Colorado Avalanche are the 2021-22 Stanley Cup. The dragon, and now it's just a matter of uh, of cooking up some some supper. That's a poorly timed drop, Chapman. That is a poorly timed drop. The Colorado Avalanche are the 2021-2022 Stanley Cup champions. And for a VGK Insider show, this is both a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing because when you look back at the Golden Knights over the last two seasons or so, they have been every bit the equal of the Colorado Avalanche. It's a curse because the Golden Knights in that stretch do not have a Stanley Cup to show for it, but Colorado, they learned. This is a team that has grown exponentially, and it happened over the course of an offseason. It's a team that internalized one of their worst playoff losses, and they turned it into success, into victory, into climbing the mountaintop just a year later. If you're a Golden Knights fan, and I know it's bleak because this is a team in the Vegas Golden Knights that did not make the playoffs this year. That is one of the bigger disappointments in franchise history. If you want the blueprint, if you want to know how hardship, how a setback can shape a team and turn them into, forge them into Stanley Cup champions. Look no further than the Colorado Avalanche and look no further than the beatdown Colorado sustained at the hands of the Vegas Golden Knights last postseason. Look no further than getting up two games to none on the Vegas Golden Knights and looking like a world beater, looking like a juggernaut and then losing four games straight, and doing it in a way that was predictable. And I want to get to my synopsis of this Colorado Avalanche team. Against the Golden Knights, 
a couple of seasons ago in the postseason against the Vegas Golden Knights, you knew the Colorado Avalanche were going to continue to feed you chances. The reason that Vegas won that series is because they did just enough to slow down the Avalanche in the neutral zone. They took away their speed and, in essence, took away the grade-A scoring chances that the Colorado Avalanche seemed to thrive on. And then, when Colorado's ice got a little bit slower and a little bit smaller, they do things that just fed transition opportunities for the Golden Knights. And Vegas took full, full advantage of that. And it wasn't just some of the depth players for the Colorado Avalanche that were creating and making those mistakes. It was the likes of Gabe Landeskog and Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr and Andre Burakovsky. It was every single player this year that showed up for Colorado that blocked shots that iced the puck, that chipped it in rather than looking for a cross-ice pass, that played north-south instead of east-west. It was every single one of those players that learned the lessons of their previous failures and turned it into a Stanley Cup championship. This is also a team that just five years ago was among the worst teams in the NHL. So bad, in fact, their season in which they had just 22 wins, remains one of the 10th worst records in the NHL over the course of an 82 or more game season. That is the level of turnaround you saw from the Colorado Avalanche over the last five seasons, over the same amount of time that the Vegas Golden Knights have been in this league. It is exceptional the change in trajectory the Colorado Avalanche organization has taken over the last five seasons and of course it's led by Nathan McKinnon and Gabe Landeskog it's led by Miko Rantanen and Eric Johnson JT Comfer as well those five players were a part of that terrible terrible Colorado Avalanche team and it's those five players that when you look back at all this when you see the jubilation the emotion the feelings that come from lifting that Stanley Cup it's those five players that I think you really understand the sacrifices that have been made from then to now you understand how much it took each individual player, how much it took Jared Bednar driving home the message that there are ways you have to play in the playoffs and things you have to be willing to do in order to win. And you saw the dream realized, not just by the Nazem Kadris, not just by the Kale McCars who had only been there for three years and mostly success. It was those five core players that really took on the mantle of sacrifice and doing what you need to do to win. So if you're a Golden Knights fan, if you're looking at this objectively and you're saying that over the course of the last three, four years, the Golden Knights, the Colorado Avalanche, you can make the argument that they have been the two best teams in the Western Conference. This year was Colorado's time. This year, Colorado took playoff failure. Colorado took a a moment in time that just did not sit well with them. It took the ending of their season at the hands of the Vegas Golden Knights to turn them into Stanley Cup champions. 
The question becomes, what do the Golden Knights do with this offseason, and how do they have a similar trajectory to winning a Stanley Cup? Those are questions that we're going to answer over the course of the offseason. Those are questions that we're going to tackle daily come next season. But the blueprints out there, they're not that close, they're not that far apart, those two teams. So it should bring you a little bit of faith and a little bit of hope that the Golden Knights one day will summit that mountain. One day they will find their names etched on the Stanley Cup and you would hope given the way that it happened relatively quickly the way that Colorado answered from disappointment last year you would hope that it takes the Golden Knights a similarly short amount of time for them to ascend to greatness but this is about the Colorado Avalanche this is about a team that learned how to win by having the unfortunate circumstance of losing It is a team that learned what it took to get out of the second round. It's a team that learned you have to block shots. You cannot sacrifice your defense for your offense. And they did it by virtue of one of the most stellar 20 minutes of hockey I have seen protecting a one-goal lead in the third period. They allowed four Tampa Bay shots. Nothing from the slot. There was nothing dangerous. They were absolutely dialed in defensively and that's the reason the Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup it's not because they were a dynamo offensively they were great for sure Kale McCarr was on another level for the majority of the playoffs but the Colorado Avalanche didn't win this by outscoring their problems The Colorado Avalanche won this Stanley Cup because they were committed to the defensive side of the puck and if that's the lesson that they have learned Colorado stands to be a problem for a very long time. Chris Chapman, let's get your thoughts on a well-deserved and really inspiring road to victory for the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, uh, a, a really good team, a team that we've seen a lot of the last couple of years, um, a, a team that obviously is is driven and led by their stars. But I think the thing that maybe surprised me the most is how good their depth was. Like, we knew mm-hmm. guys like JT Comfort were good, but... I think they got really good contributions from from some of their defensive players too. Like I I, I thought that it, it sounds funny, but I thought Jack Johnson and Eric Johnson, the two guys, like the old men on mm-hmm. on the roster, and I, and I always kind of forgot that Jack Johnson was there, right? But he made his presence felt a little bit in in the series. But it, it it's funny, like you mentioned, a team that's going to be a pain for a long time. I think a, a thorn in the side of of any team coming out of the Western Conference hoping to win the Stanley Cup, but. You know, it, it, it's crazy. I, I watched this, this you know, all six games, and there was, I don't think there was one moment the entire series where I watched it objectively and felt that Tampa was the better team. Like, I, well, I, they weren't. I, I, even last night when they were up one nothing, you could see there was no mm-hmm. panic in Colorado. They were calm. They were cool. Darcy Kemper played really, really well. And in the third period, they just locked it down. Like, there, four shots allowed. The third period, Tampa in in desperation mode, and there was there was no, uh, no no panic from this team. And you know it's crazy they they traded away Ryan Graves in the offseason. You know you were wondering is that going to be a loss? They didn't miss a beat when without some of these guys. Sammy Gerrard didn't play in in, in the mm-hmm. final. You know they they still have good players that that weren't there this year for them, and they still managed to get it done. 
Uh, Ryan, I I, I I watch this team, and, and I'm am so impressed. And I can't remember who it was who made the comment. I, it, it was either Landeskog or, or Rantanen. And someone said, well, how do, how do teams duplicate what you guys have done? And the answer was, go find a Kale McCarr. I think there's yep. three teams in, in the, the NHL right now that are all kicking themselves, saying, we passed on Kale McCarr because he is something special. And I think as long as he is playing with the Colorado Avalanche, and he's going to be there a long time, guys. He just signed that long extension. This mm-hmm. team is going to be a very, very dangerous, a very good team, and a team that's going to be a threat to win the Stanley Cup. So the idea of, on Kale McCarr, the thought on Kale McCarr that I want to get to later on in the show is, is there a case, an argument to be made that right now Kale McCarr is the best player in the game? And, like, listen, I understand the Connor McDavid bias. I'm not necessarily saying that I would believe the argument or that I would rule in favor of the argument that Kale McCarr is the best player right now in the game, best player in the world, but it's compelling. It's compelling. And the fact that he's doing it as a defenseman is even more compelling than than what you're getting out of Connor McDavid. Now, again, most gifted best offensive numbers, all that stuff. We can kind of file that away for hour number two, but I do want to get into the, uh, the the idea or the thought process that Kale McCarr might just be the best player in the game right now, and I don't think that this is an overreaction. I don't think it's recency bias. He has been electric since coming into the league. He has been phenomenal, and all he's done, Chapman, is win. So in, in my estimation, we're going to look at Kale McCarr and his... I, I guess placement among the league's very, very, very best in our number two. We're also going to get to one-timers a little bit later on in the show. We're going to talk Nazem Kadri. We're going to get some audio from last night. Uh, you know, it, it's an interesting thing because I I don't want to get too much into Tampa today. I, I do want to talk about Tampa. I do want to give the the, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions who's, who's fairy tale if you want to call it that quest for a three-peat ended in a very tough loss to stomach but part of me wants to wait on Tampa because I, I think a lot of the narrative last night from the Tampa Bay Lightning and you saw it from Pat Maroon you heard it from John Cooper a lot of the narrative surrounded this team and their health right Pat Maroon said something to the effect of, well, when you see the injury report, you'll you'll be shocked, I think is the words that, that Pat Maroon used. So part of me really, really wants to wait and hear just what it was the Tampa Bay Lightning were playing through. Because given the injuries, it might change the context of, of where I'm at with Tampa. But I do want to wait on that. We're going to wait until maybe tomorrow to get into the Tampa Bay Lightning, what went wrong why they were unable to find a way against a Colorado team that was very deep, that was very fast, and was frankly better than them throughout the entire series. And and I know that there's going to be a large contingent, and I've already seen it on Twitter, I've already seen some of the tweets out there that Colorado didn't earn this one, that the referees gave it to them. I just want to say stop. If you watch those six games, as Chapman just brought up, as you just talked about, Chris, at no point in time, at no point in time, whatever metric you want to measure, you want to talk expected goals, you want to talk actual goals, you want to talk special teams, with the exception of goaltending in games 
three through six. There is no measure of the game where Tampa was the better team than Colorado. Colorado was so much better than the Lightning. And if you want to point to injuries, then that's fine. If you want to point to, well, they were tired, that's fine. But the fact of the matter is, if you're not willing, and you shouldn't be willing to, and you shouldn't do this, but if you're not willing to say, well, but, well, but, well, but, when you look at Dallas, a team that should not have been playing, the Tampa Bay Lightning, yet they were there, and a a team in Montreal that should not have gotten to that point, but yet they were there and were no match for Tampa, you cannot well but the Colorado Avalanche and their accomplishment in defeating and dethroning the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, the 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 ref argument is a loser argument. Like if you're gonna blame the refs, you're 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 a loser. At, at, At no point there was one call I felt that was controversial the entire series, and even in that game where the controversial call was made, it was going to take something stupid or goofy for Tampa to win that game because they weren't the better team. It, it, it's it's frustrating to see people trying to take the, the the juice out of what the Avalanche did. Look, I understand. You know, it's funny. I I have a lot of friends who live in Tampa, and I haven't seen any of them on their social media blaming the refs. They they all have pretty much said, look. We're so proud of this team, making it to, to three straight, winning two, and giving it their all in, in this series. I mean, that's the right way to take it. I, I, I think if you're a Tampa fan, you shouldn't blame the refs. You should look and say, you know what? Our team did something pretty pretty special. They won two straight Stanley Cups, and they were on the, they were on the precipice of winning a third. That's something. Away? Yeah. I mean, two games away from, from winning not only uh, a, a third straight Stanley Cup, but it would have been 12 straight series. Only two teams in the history of the NHL have ever won more series in a row in, in, in the playoffs. So this is a special group. I think we will remember this this Tampa Bay Lightning team because I I, I think this is probably the end. I, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I feel like there are teams coming coming cl- that will be nipping at their heels a little bit in the East in the, in the upcoming. I felt like if they were going to do it, I because, again, the tired thing. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to go through another 82-game season and a very long postseason. There's up-and-coming teams in the East. Look, the Rangers and the Maple Leafs were on the door of ending it before they even got to the Stanley Cup Final. And I don't I don't know how good the Rangers are, if they're going to be back, if the Rangers are going to be a threat. But there are there are teams coming up in the East that I, I think will certainly push them. You know, I don't think Florida is going to go away. Um you know, and, and obviously with their new coach, you got to think that that they're going to be uh, banging on the door again for for a president's trophy. We'll we'll see how that works out for them, but I I think you have to remember it as a special group and a special team and a, and a a really special time, a very unique time in in the history of the NHL because what they did was was you know during maybe a very very extremely difficult situation not only in in hockey but throughout the world. You know, we're still dealing with with some of the effects of the pandemic. So for them to be able to do two straight and then get back to a third, it, it's special. But stop with the with the the refs cost them. Look, the refs, the refs, they 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 swallowed the whistle both ways. I mean, there yeah. there, there was a lot of garbage that wasn't called on Tampa. So, you know, it's funny because I I had one of those moments last night watching the game where if if a certain penalty wasn't called, I, I think I was gonna turn off the game. Like legitimately, no joke. I was I was this close 
to turning off the game. And it was the, the boarding penalty on Ryan McDonough, right? Because you looked at the fact that 23 seconds into the game, Kale McCarr gets an interference penalty that kind of allows the Tampa Bay Lightning to get themselves into a groove. It forced Tampa to, to kind of hold the puck in the offensive zone, and they, they were able to score early in the first period off of a, a bad turnover from Kale McCarr, who frankly deserved the playoff MVP, but in fairness, last night was probably one of Kale McCarr's worst games, uh, especially of the Stanley Cup Final. That all being said, you get to like just past, just just under five minutes left in the second period, and Tampa had not been called for anything. And yes, there were missed calls, there were blown calls that should have gone against the Colorado Avalanche. The fact that in this game, there are just two penalties in the entire 60-minute game, it's kind of ridiculous. Like I'm not saying, I'm not advocating that you call everything, but but there were penalties left on the board. For both sides. Well, well, to, to be fair, play, there, there would have been three because Colorado scored on a delayed penalty. Okay, fairness. That's fine. But the fact of the matter is this. When Ryan McDonough boarded Darren Helm, and the referee closest to the action did not put his hand up, I about lost my mind. I about lost my mind. Because, listen, it's one thing. It is one thing to swallow your whistles. It is another thing to watch... That play, that dangerous check from behind just a few feet from the boards and not call the penalty. It's ridiculous. Like that to me is is an issue that at some point in time and we can have we can legitimately Chapman, the we we can have at least a full segment on this because it 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 makes me so angry all the time when this happens. But you cannot Turn a blind eye to dangerous penalties. Because if you do not call that, then that gives players the green light to continue to take those types of plays because they know they're not going to get called. And I'm not saying that every player is going to go out there, and I'm not saying there's intent to injure or anything like that. My point is this. If you set the precedent that a clear check from behind into the boards isn't going to be called, Good luck. You know, because every player on every team is looking to get the advantage, and they'll do it by any means necessary when they're playing for the Stanley Cup. You know, it's funny you mentioned that, and and I didn't get to watch the entire thing. I had some errands to run yesterday before the game, but I was able to watch a little bit of the Red Wings and the the Avalanche documentary that yeah. that is airing on E60. And everyone who who is my age, your age, who grew up watching the game, they will remember. Everyone remembers the claw them you hit on Chris Draper. What a lot of people don't remember is there was a lot of stuff leading, unless you're a Red Wing or an Avalanche fan, and you, you will specifically mm, yeah. remember, there were a lot of things that led up to that particular play that transpired in that series that the refs let go. Like, there were, there were things that took place, and they weren't called. I, I'm a firm believer, and, and I hate I hate it when it happens in in any sport. This idea that because the stakes are higher, we throw the rule book out. Like to me, mm-hmm. if if it's it, and it happens all the time in in sports, it doesn't matter if you're watching football, if you're watching basketball, if you're watching hockey. If it's a if it's a penalty in the first period or the first quarter or the first half, but you don't call the same thing in the final two minutes. Then what are we doing? What what yeah. are we doing? 
the the rule book is there for a reason. And if guys are going to commit infractions, I, I I've never been a fan of this idea. Well, you let them play, let them decide it. Well, yeah, but if you're letting a guy cheat, then they're not really deciding it. You're still kind of deciding it. So call the penalty, call the foul. If it's there, call it. I I I'm I'm just at this point as, as you get older. You realize player safety is the most important thing. Like, it's not who scores goals. It's not the power play. It's not the penalty kill. It's the safety of these players, which is the most important thing, and which is why I think sometimes DPS drops the ball. The officials on the ice, they big-time drop the ball because they have an opportunity to gain control of these situations, and they don't. And whenever you have a game that's full of emotion, full of physicality, guys are going to take liberties. They're going to cross the line. It happens. We've seen it happen with with a lot of players. You know, there's game misconducts that don't get called in, in the panel, in the postseason that you call during the regular season. Look, if you're going to call it in Game Three, you should call in Game Six of the Stanley Cup Final. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this question: Do you feel like two minutes was the right call on Ryan McDonough, or was that a five minute major? Uh, probably a five minute major. Like, in, like I, I'll ask you this: If it happens in the regular season, is it a two minute penalty? Yeah, it's. it's- no, it's five in a game. So, sure. so, so, I I don't see why it's different in in the Stanley Cup Final. If anything, it should be it should be more strict in the Stanley Cup Final. So, be. so you're yeah. not being a factor. I I think a lot of times the, the the referees they they're under order because you have a lot more eyes on the game in the postseason. Let them play. I th- yeah. I I firmly believe it's all about television ratings, right? Like nobody wants to sit and watch a game where the referee is a star. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't stand Ed Hockley in the NFL because the guy always thought he was the star. No, Tom Brady's the star, Ed, not you. You're a guy who's a lawyer Monday through Friday, and you put a, you put stripes on on Sunday, and you think oh, you're boy. the star. You know, it's... it's I, I, I don't, I don't want to see the referee be the star of the game, but I also mm-hmm. want to see consistency in the calls, and I think it, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day... It doesn't change anything because Tampa was not the better team in the series. They could call they, if they call penalties all day. Colorado is still the better team in my mind, well, and, and and I think they, they would have proved it. That's the other thing when you when you talk about the the need for more penalties. Who did who would that have really served? I think it would have benefited the Avalanche. Their power play uh, was Tampa a lot. Bay team. Yeah, yeah, a Tampa Bay team that that went two for seventeen on the power play, or a Colorado Avalanche team that was clicking at about forty percent. Like, come on, it's ridiculous. It's it's nonsense. But you, you talk about the star of the game and it not being a referee last night's star. And again, it, it's it's one of those situations where you knew it was coming. You knew it had to happen. If if Colorado was going to win a Stanley Cup, you knew that you needed to have an inspired game from Nathan McKinnon, who had been to that point relatively quiet right in the Stanley Cup final and 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 I've made the argument before and I'm going to continue to make the argument yes Nathan McKinnon is a leader yes he is one of the most gifted offensive players in the game right now he is not the best player on the Colorado Avalanche that's Kale McCarr and even though Kale McCarr had an off night there were more Nights where he was on, we're talking 29 points as a defenseman in 20 playoff games. Second, uh, coming, coming in third only to Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, who were putting up video game numbers. Okay, that's how dominant of a playoffs it was for Kale McCarr. But 
you can't have Kale McCarr do it alone. We said this during the Stanley Cup final. We said that Nathan McKinnon had to provide that secondary threat alongside Kale McCarr in order for Colorado to beat Tampa. And it took until game six, it took an, an inspired effort from Nathan McKinnon, and he arrived at just the right time for the Colorado Avalanche, tying the game on a beautiful goal. And then it doesn't really matter how it counts. It's a a, a primary assist that's aided by uh, an, an errant pass, but it's Nathan McKinnon with two points in the game to lead Colorado to victory. Yeah, I mean, he, he was... I think you could tell early on that Nathan McKinnon was engaged. I think you could tell it was that like he, thirty seconds into the game. Yeah, like he had two grade A scoring chances, yeah. and none of the neither one would go. I mean, you you could tell early on that he was going to be a factor, and, and yeah, you know, I think maybe he he. I know what he said prior to to the cup about the the, the final about his legacy and and all that stuff. I I still believe that these guys care. He'll he'll he he'll tell you he didn't care, but. I think he cared. I think all these guys care about their legacy. I don't care if you're if you're the captain or if you're the, the number one center on on the worst team in the NHL, or if you're the best player in the league. I think you care about your legacy. I I I, I really believe that these guys, they all go out there. Yeah, sure, they earn a big paycheck, but you know what? At the end of the day, you don't want to be remembered as a guy who who couldn't win the big one. You don't want to be remembered as a guy who choked. You don't want to be remembered as that guy. Nobody wants to be remembered as that guy. Nobody wants to be remembered as Bill Buckner. Bill Buckner was a great player, but what's Bill Buckner remembered for? He's remembered for making the error in in 1986 when the, with the Red Sox on the verge of winning the World Series. You don't want to be that guy. And I think last night, Nathan McKinnon, I think he sort of cemented his legacy as, as one of the great players, not only in, in, in the league, but of his generation. And I I, I wonder if, he, if, if the Avalanche are done because if they keep winning... He's certainly going to have the opportunity to cement his legacy as one of the all-time greats because he's a great player. He's a guy who puts up big numbers, and he's a guy who leads. Mm-hmm. And I know he doesn't wear the C, but when I think of the Colorado Avalanche, I, I think Nathan, Nathan McKinnon as being the heart and soul mm-hmm. of that team. And you mentioned he's not the best player. It's 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 Kale McCarr, but I don't think Kale McCarr, as you mentioned, could do it on his own. He needed Nathan McKinnon to step up, and Nathan McKinnon stepped up in a big-time way, and, and he made... He will he he will now forever be remembered as the guy who had two points in Game Six to win the Stanley Cup for the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, involved in both goals, Nathan McKinnon tied the game, then assisted on the game. Arturi Lekkinen. That's a player we're going to spend some time on today. Arturi Lekkinen sent his teams in back-to-back seasons to the Stanley Cup Final with an overtime playoff goal to clinch a series and then followed it up with with the game winning goal in the Stanley Cup final. You want to talk about a player that lives for big moments. That's clearly Arturi Lekkinen over the last two playoff runs. But I do want to get into this topic on the other side of the break. We're going to chat a little bit about Nazem Kadri, but more specifically, we're going to look at and examine whether or not the Colorado Avalanche can start their own dynasty. Right now, they've got one. Where do we see this team, this core, topping out in terms of Stanley Cups, given what we saw out of Tampa and how hard it is to win three in a row? We're going to examine just how dangerous and just how many 
Stanley Cup championships we see in Colorado's future. That's all coming up next on the VGK Insider Show right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. DGK Insider Show rolling along here on a Monday. There is a new Stanley Cup champion in the NHL. The Colorado Avalanche have ended the two-year reign of the Tampa Bay Lightning Colorado, winning their third Stanley Cup in franchise history. And this is one of the more interesting stats to come out of last night and what the Avalanche did. Uh, There have been just five teams, so five times, that a team has finished in last place, has gone on to win the Stanley Cup within five years of finishing in last place. So Colorado, last place five years ago, they win a Stanley Cup. All right? It's only happened five times in the expansion era in the NHL. The other teams to do it, the Penguins in 2009, the Hurricanes in 2006, the Lightning in 2004, And the Colorado Avalanche in 95-96. It's the second time that Colorado, within five years, had gone from last place to winning a Stanley Cup. They were last placed 21st in the league in 90-91. That's when they moved. They were the Quebec Nordiques then. They went to Colorado, and they won the Cup in 95-96. So of those five times... Colorado's done it twice. That's pretty remarkable. Like, you don't necessarily see that, obviously, that often in the NHL. But, you know, the fact that Colorado was able to navigate those waters from five years ago, it helps certainly that they developed their young team. It helps that, you know, Nathan McKinnon's been on a very team-friendly deal because things were up and down at the beginning of his, his career. And it's helpful when you are able to have a Kale McCarr fall to you in a draft. Like, that's a beautiful thing. Well done, Joe Sackick, winning the Stanley Cup as a general manager. His third of his career, two as a player, obviously captained those two Colorado teams to the Stanley Cup, and then this one here as a general manager. But I do want to get briefly, Chapman, to Colorado and their salary cap I don't want to say issues because I like I don't view these as issues, but their salary cap decisions going into next season. You're at the top of the mountain, right? You've won a Stanley Cup. You've got a core of Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr and Devon Taves and Gabe Landeskog and Miko Rantanen. Like this is a really good core. You have questions about whether or not you you need a goalie. You've got Pavel Francouz under contract. Darcy Kemper is a UFA. What the, what's the decision going to be there from Joe Sackick in terms of goaltending? But then the real questions start to come up because this is a team that has quite a few decisions with their players. We're going to start with, to me, the biggest question marks. Nazem Kadri. Had a phenomenal year in the regular season for the Colorado Avalanche. He had 15 points in 16 playoff games. Came back from multiple breaks, multiple bones broken in his thumb. After that, hit in the Western Conference Final by Evander Kane. To into the Stanley Cup Final 
He he came in and scored a game-winning goal, not without controversy, but whatever, John Cooper. And he was a massive reason why Colorado was able to find the win. And it's not lost on me, nor is it lost on Nazem. The narrative that surrounded him over the course of his entire career. There have been questions about whether or not he can play within himself, whether or not he can help his team, whether or not he can get through a playoff run without being suspended. Because it's happened time and time and time again. And yet, this year, Nazem Kadri not only got through the playoffs without getting suspended, not only was a big key contributor to his team, now Nazem Kadri is a Stanley Cup champion. And Chapman, we're going to play the audio from last night because I I love this. Listen, I am all for redemption. I am all for players going into a situation knowing that everyone is talking about how they can't do X, Y, or Z. Nazem Kadri is always going to cross the line. That's the narrative. That's the, the, the storybook that's out on him. He cannot help himself. He's, quote, selfish. That's been said. And when you look back at most of the suspensions that Kadri's had over the course of the playoffs, there have been instances where he has just done a dumb thing. And then there are instances where he's sticking up for a teammate. And you know what? The narrative that I think is the best right now is that for all the people that said you couldn't win with Nazem Kadri, with all the teams looking at you, Toronto, that didn't think it would work, that didn't think he'd perform, that didn't think he could get you to the promised land, well, right now, Nazem Kadri, he is a Stanley Cup champion, and he's got a little message for all the people that said he was a liability. I love you guys. I love you guys. That's all uh, That's all there is to be said. I mean, I've had supporters in my corner from day one, never wavered. And, uh, you know, for everyone that thought I was a liability in the playoffs, you can kiss my ass. Never change, <laughs> Nazem Kadri. And listen, I know... It's been an interesting playoff for Kadri, the, the broken thumb, all of that surgery from, from not knowing if he'd be able to play at all in the Stanley Cup Final. And like the fact of the matter is, the recovery time on that Chapman was six weeks. And he was in, he was in a game ten days later. Like That's ridiculous to me that he was able to do that and then score a big-time goal in the series. But you know, I, I love it when professional athletes take crap all the time. And most of it... You look at the suspensions, some of it's warranted, for sure. But the idea that Nazem Kadri now gets to have the last laugh, and we should all be upset that he's calling out the people that have been detractors, the people that have said that he, that he's selfish, that he can't win, that he's not going to be a team-first guy. Like I love that he's got the last laugh in this situation. I love the fact that he was able to go through this playoffs, and he was able to do it the right way. Yeah, you know, I it's no secret that I'm a big fan of of Kadri, um, and and yep. I I, I kind of like that he plays on the edge. And you know, one of the things that we don't have the audio of that that he said, and I, I think it's really cool. And I don't know if if he's the first Muslim player to win the Stanley Cup, but for him to 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 mention that there's going to be Muslim kids all over the world now who want to take up hockey and start learning how to play hockey, like that's inspiring. Mm-hmm. Knowing that yep. he he is reaching. You know, we, 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 we always see the phrase, hockey is for everyone. Well, in the case of Nazem Kadri, it's now true because he's a Muslim kid. And for, for him to, you know, now bring the game to a part of the, of the world and maybe people who've never really watched hockey, like, that's important. That's huge. And that shouldn't be, 
forgotten either. But I love the fact that that you're right. He he's able to get the last laugh. He's a guy basically who gets to stick his finger at everyone and say, "Guess what? Guess what, haters? You see that silver cup right there? My name is going on it." And for all you haters, yep. I love the message. And you know, you mentioned the 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 fact that he was back in ten days. Doesn't that say something about his desire to win? His desire to help yeah. his team win a Stanley Cup? Like you saw it when he I there was just something different when he got all those death threats and, and the whole thing with Bennington throwing the water bottle at him. His teammates stuck up for him. So for all the yeah. negative talk that we hear about him being a liability and him being a distraction. If that was the case, his teammates wouldn't have stuck up for him the way that they did. You wouldn't have had guys on the avalanche. You wouldn't have had his coach come out and say the things that he said. So I, I, I think that shouldn't be understated as well. The fact that when when there was controversy around him, for something there shouldn't have been for, for the record, the way his teammates came out and stuck up for him, the way the, the people in the in the city of Denver stuck up for him, you know, it, it's it, he was an all-star this year. So he he clearly was one of the best players in the NHL all season, and I'm happy for him that he that he gets to to really stick a, 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 a stick a sock in the mouths of the detractors. He gets to to yep. enjoy this win. He came back from a, from a nasty injury and helped his team win. Scored a scored a massive goal. Like we talked about Nathan McKinnon and his legacy. This is yep. a legacy defining moment for Nazem Kadri, and I hope I hope he cashes in. I know what what we're going to talk about, and I I wonder if he's going to be the odd man out for Colorado because I look at his age, and I think because of the year he had, he's going to command a, a a lot of money on the open market, and if I'm him, you know what? I'm cashing in. I'm absolutely cashing in. I'm 31. I've won my Stanley Cup. I I've, I've proven myself to be a good player in this league. I was an All Star. I'm going to cash in, and whether if it's Colorado. Or if it's with someone else, I want I want that paycheck. So it's interesting, right? Because Kadri's coming off of a six-year deal, average annual value four point five million dollars. I think it's safe to say that this season Nazem Kadri outperformed that contract. So if you're talking about a 31-year-old center, right, that plays on the edge, that's got some sandpaper, that certainly has the offensive touch that Kadri showed this season. If you're Colorado. Given the fact that you have a lot of other decisions that need to be made in terms of who's your starting goaltender next year, are you going to look at at you know re-signing Andre Burakovsky, Andrew Cogliano, Valeri Nachuskin, who I'd I'd argue is kind of the guy that you you really need to re-sign of of your unrestricted free agents if you're the uh, the Avalanche? Um, can you commit big numbers? to Nazem Kadri with the understanding that next season, at the end of next year, you've got to re-up Nathan McKinnon, and that is not going to be a cheap deal. Yeah, I mean, he's he's an, a guy who's underpaid when you look at, at his contribution. He's only 26, so clearly he's going to be cashing in as well. Uh, he makes $6.3 million right now. you got to think that's probably going to go upwards of, of $10 million. Um, so clearly that's that's a big jump. And then you mentioned some of the other guys that, that they're going to have to re-sign, Burakovsky and Nichushkin, and I, I I wonder if those are the two guys that they that they choose. Because, I mean, they're both younger than Kadri, and they both contributed. I mean, they were both 20-goal scorers this year. 
In the case of Burakovsky, I wonder, because this was a career year for him, so is this, I guess the way, if I'm Colorado, I have to approach it is, do I believe that this is who he is as a player, or does he revert back to the guy who was scoring 12, 14 goals a season? Well, see, the problem is, like, I think that it's it's equal parts Nazem Kadri, equal parts this Colorado Avalanche team, right? Like, you have you have just a player that fell into a really great situation, and and you know, like everybody, right? Like that that goes for Nachuskin. Though I would argue, for me, Nachuskin's the guy that makes the most sense because of the fact that he is two way defensively responsible. Like Nachuskin's game last night on one foot was ridiculous. 23 minutes, he was hobbled, but he was fantastic up and down the ice. He had himself a phenomenal Stanley Cup final. I, I think that there's something to be said about the collection of players, and, and I want to bring up an interesting idea, and we're not going to get to it right now, but we're going to do it in hour number two, because we're going to continue the thread of what do the Colorado Avalanche do, and can they get back to the Cup Final? Can they repeat as Stanley Cup champions? And I think it all hinges, legitimately hinges, on what the early conversation surround, looks like surrounding Nathan McKinnon's next contract. And I think that there's something to be said about Nathan McKinnon, Sidney Crosby, and a team-friendly deal. We're going to get to that in hour number two when we come back. It's the play of the day right here on the VGK Insider Show. No chance to shoot for Stevenson. Centered. Eichel scores! It's time for the play of the day on the VGK Insider Show. Play of the day. It was really hard for us to come up with one here. I'm just kidding. It's Arturi Lekkanen with his go-ahead goal that would eventually become the game winner, the series clincher, the Stanley Cup moment for Colorado. Down the wall, sent the other way by Manson, hit a body, kept alive, and Nathan McKinnon got a stick in the way. Now they get tangled up again behind the plate, three on two for the Avalanche, Manson McKinnon, back for Manson, tapped over, score! It's Arturi Lekkanen! It's a work of art! Lekkanen off the feed from Manson and McKinnon has tallied and gives the Avalanche a 2-1 to lead. Arturi Lekkanen, the game-winning series-clinching goal for the Colorado Avalanche, as we had alluded to, as we'd mentioned. Last year, Arturi Lekkanen, overtime, Montreal eliminates the Vegas Golden Knights in what would effectively be the Western Conference Final to send his team to the Stanley Cup Final. This year, Playoffs, overtime, Western Conference Final, Arturi Lekkanen, the goal that eliminates the Edmonton Oilers and sends Colorado to the Stanley Cup Final, and then follows it up with the game winner last night to secure the third Stanley Cup in Colorado Avalanche franchise history. We're back with hour number two of the VGK Insider Show, in which we talk about Nathan McKinnon, Sidney Crosby, the parallel that might just keep Colorado competitive for a long time.